and welcome to another episode of Electronic Music Man. I'm James Locksmith. On today's episode, I'm speaking with a former dancer turned DJ from Wollongong, Australia, who moved to New York almost six years ago after living in Sydney for six years before that and found her calling in the world of disco after looking for work in one career, but then found herself working for one of New York's integral, integral clubs and has been ever since. Already an avid lover of vinyl culture and of disco, the roots and what, what it represents for free expression on a dance floor and in life. Lauren Murada moved to New York to find a career in journalism, but stumbled upon a social me media role after seeking bar work for, her, for New York's Good Room in Brooklyn. Since then, Lauren has been impacting one dancer at a time, bringing their inner freak and wild side out with weirdo disco, funk rock and soulful house. Laura Murata is now a resident DJ at Good Room in Brooklyn, along with L and L and L Record Club, and has a monthly show on the Lot Radio. Lauren has has also a bi-monthly party called Love Games with Finn Jones. Her mission is to to keep disco alive and its true essence through her projects, parties, radio, and DJ sets, where love always saves the day. Inspired by David Mancuso's The Loft, where freeform music is the policy, Murata's parties, love games, and collective L and L and L Record Club have now spread love and their passion for disco to Japan, Australia, Spain, Canada, and across the US. Her and her collective have shared the decks with the likes of Danny Krevitt, Spinner, Holy Ghost, Classics, Tim Sweeney, Session Victim, and more. On today's episode, we're discussing how life finds you, New York's clubland and the power of streaming, and of course, the wonderful world of disco. Lauren Murata, welcome to Electronic Music Man. So glad you could join me on the show. I've been wanting to uh, get you on for some time now. How are you? How's life in New York? Life in New York is uh, very interesting right now, but everybody is still having fun. Like. New York in the summertime is one of the most fun places I've ever experienced. Uh, but now we're just doing it in a socially distant way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and I, I we we spoke about it before, but you've been making some trips up uh, up North State. Uh, and how that how's that been for? I guess um, it must be a treat, you know, being able to to have that experience now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, with the quarantine. New Yorkers did really well quarantining. Um, unlike the rest of America, we actually listened to what the government said to us and um, we stayed inside our apartments for three months, not really doing anything. And now that it's summertime, everybody's ready for a bit of a break. So, you know, I've done it with my friends, lots of other people do it. You get like a house upstate and, you know, I'm lucky with my friends that everybody is a DJ and we take some turntables up there and play some music in the in nature and get to dance in nature and just uh, have a good time. Yeah? Excellent, <laughs> excellent. Well, um, you uh, you moved to New York and I'm and I'll find it amazing, like fascinating your story about how you um, almost serendipitous, really, like how this whole things sort of unfolded for you and you were kind of like almost down on your last sort of whim and, and uh, things changed um, for you with, with uh, Good Room. And, and since then you've, I guess, uh, been 
pretty involved with New York City's uh, nightlife and, and, and the good room. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, um, I, think it, I think it was a mix of luck and fate, I would say. Um, basically, when I moved to New York, I had enough money to last me three months. And, and in my head, I was like, well, if I don't find a job, I've just had a really fun holiday in New York for three months. And if I do find a job, then, you know, I'll, I'll stay. And I was originally looking for journalism jobs because that's what I did in Sydney. And I learned that in New York, journalism is very much a freelance hustle. And I don't have that kind of spirit in me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just wasn't having any luck finding journalism jobs. And I was wanted to find any kind of job so I could stay. And I had a friend who was the graphic designer at Goodroom. And I asked him if they needed any bartenders. Mind you, I would be a terrible bartender. Thank goodness they didn't employ me as a bartender. <laughs> um, but he knew about my journalism background. So he said, hey, we need someone to do our social media. And that was kind of it. And, you know, since then, that's turned... My official role at Goodroom is marketing manager. Right. So that's turned into doing everything from, like, our tickets, our website, to um, um, organizing all of our podcasts as well as our social media, newsletters, PR, everything like that. What Was there a background, like, I mean, in terms of had you had experience in social media and marketing before somewhat, or was that something that you kind of like, kind of picked up along the way? I had done a little bit of like Facebook social media for the last newspaper I worked for in Sydney. Okay. Um, but that was it. I have had no marketing training at all. It's all just kind of been uh, learn on the job. Mm. And and how did but you the, go on? Sorry. Oh, I was going to say. I guess the the good thing about doing this job, w- walking into it, doing marketing, even though I've never done marketing, is that I know the audience that they are trying to capture, though. So I know how to speak to that audience, and having a writing background definitely helps with social media. It seems though that you're, um, because obviously you've had this sort of passion for disco and and this love for, I guess the disco culture and vinyl culture before in Australia in Sydney, mm-hmm. and um, somewhere in your subconscious, it kind of like drew you towards Good Room. And how did that like? How did this? Um, connection with good room happened like was that through you said a friend that introduced you to them or to the people yeah um my friend he was also from australia and he was working as their graphic designer at the time okay yeah but i mean i had before i got the job i had been to good room before to go out dancing you know Mm -hmm. um they they at the time had only been open for not even four months. So they were still very new, still okay. still figuring out, you know, their voice and their place in the scene in New York. Because I'm sure uh, like anyone, most people can see, you know, a club in its infancy, the first year is always the hardest. You're constantly trying out new parties, new DJs, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't work, finding your crowd and finding your space, you know, so. Um, I was really happy to be able to come on from the start and really get to build it with with the team there. Mm. Would you find? Would you say that this was like some sort of like calling for you? Because 
it, it there was a you know that passion and love yeah yeah well i i mean for me the reason i wanted to move to new york was because i loved disco so right. much <laughs> so it's kind of kismet that i ended up working at a nightclub for sure it was was it a surprise or was it like well it kind of oh. makes sense <laughs> no, it absolutely was a surprise you know in sydney okay. in, in sydney i would have called myself like a bedroom DJ. Yeah. I had turntables set up at home and I had records. I'd have friends over and play, but I really wasn't at the point where I was like playing parties and things like that. Um, but, you know, I love disco so much. I always wanted to move to New York and yeah, it all, it all just kind of fell into place for me. Yeah. It's amazing how life happens that way. Um, yes. <laughs> and, and um, I mean, was Good Room's intentions to get behind disco at any, like, or was it more electronic music? Like, I mean, it's definitely more electronic. Yeah, it's more electronic music, but it's all underground electronic music, I would say. You know, mm. we have nights like everything from, you know, disco and house to techno to drum and bass. Um, you know, we're big believers in you know, like quality music, you mm. know? So yeah, we, we definitely do a bit of everything. And there's a big te like underground techno scene in Brooklyn, you know? So yeah. we do have quite a few techno parties, but we try to keep it di as diverse as possible. You know, you can go on a Friday night and the music will be completely different to the Saturday night, but you know that if you walk into the club, the music's going to be good quality, regardless of mm. the genre right. that night. And would 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 it be fair to say that the the disco influence of the venue has something to do with you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we we do have lots of like we have uh, parties with Nicky Stiano four times a year. Oh wow! We have yeah, we, we do his native New Yorker party. We have. Danny Krivitz, um, 718 Sessions. Mm. Um, we have them from like October till April. Um, and, you know, I'm a big proponent of those parties. I'll, I'll always walk those parties. And sometimes I don't even work the 718 parties, but I'm like always the last person on the dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. Yeah. Um, I, I think... So I, I look, I mean, this sort of opportunity though, like, I mean, we're both from Sydney and that kind of, this is kind of like a dream job. Like, <laughs> I'm very well aware that this job, it might exist in one club in Sydney. Mm. And to be perfectly honest with you, I wouldn't want to do it at that club. <laughs> I, you know, I have to believe in the music to be able to do this job. And I don't think, you know, if, if there was a club that where I didn't appreciate the music, how could I try and go out and promote that music? You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it, it surely, surely like something, I, I mean, I, 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 like you said before, luck and fate, I, I, I truly believe that, there was something that there was a calling for you to be in New York at that time and be there. I mean, I remember when I met you, you were telling me bits of this story and I was just like fascinated by it. I was like, oh my God, like really? This is how it happened? <laughs> and yeah, I mean, it does, it, you know, being at the right place at the right time, but I think it also has, it also has a lot to do with um, your background as well and, and it kind of like everything that, 
your love, your passion, the stuff that you've done before led you to that point where, it, you know, this yeah. opportunity came through. And, and look at that, you know, the last six years, you've been actually fulfilling this part of you that, that, that as I guess you were yearning for and, and really yeah. wanted. Um, has, and yeah, I mean, the, this journey, this ride has, must have has brought so much um, play, life and love and yeah. joy, right? All of the all the friends I have in New York, I know because I work at Good Room, you know, they're all people I met on the dance floor. And we're so lucky in New York to have a very strong disco community here. Mm. I mean, that, that, and that's all centered around Loft, really. Yeah. Um, everybody is is like family here i guess in new york you can understand because you live overseas as well like the people that you meet in new york are your family because you don't have your family here so your friends are your family and it's like we call it our disco family we got a disco mama like (laughs) (laughs) it's it's a it's really the connections that i've made with people are incredibly beautiful and even though like it's, we, we connect on the dance floor, but then we connect in real life as well. And that's important. Mm. <laughs> so it's not- Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And you know what the other really awesome thing is about having so many friends who love music is that you're constantly finding out about new music too, which I love. Like last night, my, um, my friend had a barbecue on his rooftop and pulled his decks up there. And like one of the, um, the DJs from the loft was playing alongside him and we were just like, up there watching the sunset, New York skyline in the background. <laughs> all pretty, all pretty special. Yes. Oh, it sounds terrible. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty terrible. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, it was. I mean, I wasn't. I wasn't in New York at this time last year. I was. It was like May. I think it was May. Yeah, it was yeah, May. Yeah. May, and it was still cool though. The weather was, but. I, you know, after experiencing that trip, you know, I, I can totally relate to those kind of moments where you're just kind of like, is this really happening? <laughs> <laughs> that happens to me all the time. <laughs> Here I am, like, is, that's, a, that's like someone from the loft, you know. I remember just, like, going out to all these places that had been, had has such an influence on my, my music palette mm-hmm. and my my music history and mm-hmm. finally being able to kind of like walk those streets and 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 experience these places and see some of these DJs that are just like iconic worldwide and are still still at the head of their game now as yes. well you know it's just yeah. like it was just I, I think um yeah it, it was definitely uh it kind of it, it, it gave me a nut like this whole like resurgence and made me feel a new love for this mm. path and this joy like this for yeah. this for this uh career and it just gave yeah. me an, another understanding of the impact that music has on people's lives and yeah. what you know what it represents and you know i don't want to get all too mushy and sentimental <laughs> but <laughs> but but it does you know where we we have a role and with music yeah. we we uh create experiences we create mm-hmm. um memories and and yeah. you know i i could have i could honestly wake up in the morning and feel terrible and just put on a, a, a track yeah. that it'll just change my whole mood for the rest of the day Absolutely. <laughs> yeah I, I i found that in quarantine a lot of times 
there would be like a, a live stream happening and I just had it on in the background and I was having a terrible day and the DJ was killing it and next minute I'm like dancing around my apartment <laughs> all happy like music definitely has a massive effect on your mood mm. and, and yeah especially during this time um, and through some of these interviews that I've been doing and, and speaking to some DJs and uh, realizing our role as DJs and the, yeah. the, and while, okay, I'm not going to have thousands of people watching my live streams, but even if I've got a few, you know, 100 or a couple of people watching or even 10, yeah. 20, 30 people, it still brought me the same satisfaction. Like it just because mm-hmm. I knew that I was making some sort of an impact on someone's lives. That, that yeah. I wanted, to, yeah, that was what I wanted to sort of speak on now. Like New York's Clubland has definitely had a, a huge impact and it's changed a lot. And I noticed that Good Room has, has done some sort of special events as well. How, how have they, how has that been for, uh, I guess the, the loyal, good room people that love to the good room experience and just in general like li- li- live streaming how's that been for for you guys um, well yeah we started doing the live streams around may or late april early may um because we just wanted to like first of all give people music because they can't be in clubs anymore you know on a friday night when you normally be out dancing you can be at home and dance you know get a dj mix um, and second of all was just to, you know, keep the good room name going because we just don't want people to forget about us. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, also the live streams serve as a fundraiser for the club because, you know, there's no help for the arts at all. Um, the arts or hospitality for that matter. You know, like, mm. I looked, you know, in England, in the UK, I think it was last week they announced they're giving grants to nightclubs. In Berlin, there's heaps of grants or like money going to DJs and things like that. Here it is nothing. <laughs> so, you mm. know, we, we do the streams is like, you can buy like an online ticket and it can be a donation of however much money you want. And the money uh, we split fifty-fifty between the like the club and the DJs who are playing to help give the DJs a bit of money. Too. Oh, that's cool. That's that's yeah. really cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. I was just I mean wondering how some of the DJs that you know on the regular circuit around New York that's their main income and that's all gone yeah. now. How? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what what are the some of the things that you've heard? about the way they're surviving um, at the moment? Like, what are some of the solutions that they've found? Well, they have had the um, a national unemployment, like a pandemic, uh, I don't know how to describe it. Like, it's like, like a surplus, get, uh, like a- uh, like, yeah, yeah, like, so usually you get a certain amount on unemployment, which I believe is only like $180, which is like nothing that anyone can live off especially in New York yeah. um, and the government, the national government, like the federal government has been giving everybody $600 extra on top of that pandemic relief. That's what they called it. Um, and That's right. I, I, remember, I remember hearing about that. Yeah. Yeah. And then at the end of July, it ran out and they're trying to do a deal to try and get it back, but it's not going to be as much money. So, everybody's kind of freaking out right now like i was on facebook this morning 
and I saw a friend of mine who he works in clubs too. He's also like a, a singer. He was like, I got to leave New York. I can't afford to stay here. All I'm doing is like racking up debt and you know, it's, t- it's time to go. And then so many people are leaving, which is really sad. Like, cause New York is the rent, first of all, is just incredibly expensive. And then just to live is incredibly expensive. Mm. So when you're not earning any money, you can't really do it, you know? Mm. Yeah. And how about yourself? Like, how are you, how are you getting on right now? I mean, are you, are you still earning a bit of income from, from uh, Goodroom? And are there other, other income streams that you're looking at? Um, I, I've been getting like a little bit of cash here and there from Goodroom from the money that we've been getting from the fundraisers oh, as good. well as merch, merch sale. Mm. Um, I got some of my super out in Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I've been using that as my little uh, pocket money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the good th- one of the good things right now is <clears throat> you're not really spending a lot of money because you're not going out and doing as much, you know, like, so you, I, you can budget for a lot less than what you yeah. normally would, you yeah. know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and like from, from Clubland to labels as well, like, uh, I, I've, I've learned that some labels are actually flourishing at the moment, um, which baffles me because how, the people, the, the 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 how are people buying music or buying records, especially now when they're not earning money to pay for these records. So, um, have, what have you learned in terms of labels that you know of in New York in particular? I haven't I haven't really heard so much about labels, but I have friends that own record shops. Okay, and they all said that during this time their discogs was going off. Yeah, it's just fascinating. Yeah. I find that crazy. Mm-hmm. The, and yeah. like record stores that are, and they're closed and they're making more sales online. They're shipping and yeah. isn't, that, isn't yeah. that amazing? I know. Yeah, just people. You know, they might finally have the time that they didn't have before to really dig for music, and mm. they're finding new things that they want. You know, yeah. that makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, I've, I'm finding myself doing all sorts of jobs and things that I've been putting off for so long. And That's great. <laughs> I've never really done anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I definitely have, though, during this time period, made a lot more mixes than I normally would. So yeah. I have been finding a lot more new music because because of that reason, because I, you know, I try not to repeat music from mix to mix you know so yeah, i feel the same way <laughs> i've been good <laughs> so where, where where are your where are you putting your mixes out these days uh, what any particular um, have you got a, a mix cloud or a sound cloud that you're SoundCloud, you got a yeah, sound cloud um, under your name yes yes okay cool um, i'll have to check it out we, we stayed on top of our lot radio residency because they were closed they closed the booth during the pandemic, but mm. um, they got people to do live streams at home, or you could pre-record mixes. So, is that how is that how you were running your shows with the girls? Yeah, we would we did the pre-recorded ones. Okay. Yeah. And is it normally um, is it normally all three of you together when you do the shows, or do you yeah. sometimes separately yeah. or? Well, no, it's usually the three of us unless someone can't make it. One okay. of the girls. 
her husband's Italian, so they've been in Italy for the last couple of months through the mm. pandemic. Okay. Um, you know, once they stuck there. there. Once it got better there and it got worse here, that was their time when they <laughs> went to Italy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so lately it's just been me and Lauren doing a lot of stuff. So we did the lot radio ones. We did one for Good Room as well. We did a live stream for Good Room. Mm, and then, I yeah, I did a Love Games mix for Herb Essentials, which is like a New York-based uh, weed skincare company. So it's like a CBD type thing? I guess so, yeah. yeah. Uh, creams and amazing. It's real. That's yeah. kind of crazy in, in the States right now, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Huge um, in LA, huge in LA when I was there. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then we're doing another, we're doing a Love Games live stream this Friday night. For Good Room. Tell me a bit about Love Games because I only just sort of like learnt about that through reading mm -hmm. a little bit about you and, um, and Finn Jones, this guy looks super interesting. I've never heard of him before until recently. Like, yeah. tell me, tell me the connection between Love Games and Finn Jones and what this party's about. So Love Games... <clears throat> Uh, I originally started Love Games a few years ago, and that's a solo before. thing, right? That's more of your and solo yeah. thing, yeah. And I had like guests from like the New York scene, people like Prince Language, JD Sampson, these kinds of people who are very like disco oriented. Okay. And I I did it for about a year, and then I took a break from it, and then and then I started it back when Good Room was starting to do a Wednesday night party. Um, where we, we just do it in the bad room, in the small room, close off the main floor of the club, and it's a really intimate little little thing. Um, so when we were starting to do the Wednesday night parties, I had the idea to ask Finn because I knew that he wanted to start getting into DJing here in New York. Um, he He's originally from London, okay, and he had done a little bit there, but not a lot. Um, Finn, I know because he worked on a television show with my friend Trené. Trené worked in the wardrobe department and he was an actor on the show. And uh, basically, they she saw him in a 718 sessions and then uh, like they already had seen each other around and she saw him at the 718 sessions and they were like good friends after that. And so he came into our group of friends through our friend Trené. Okay. And... Yeah, so we started the party. We did it, first of all, as just a one-off night. And <clears throat> it went really well. So we did it again, and that went really well, and we've been doing it ever since. We do it. We were doing it once, um, once every other month on a Wednesday night. And then this year, <clears throat> we wanted to expand the party and take over the full club and have international guests. And we did that in, in March, the first weekend of March, um, we had Session Victim mm. be our guest. And that was so awesome because... Um, Great artist. Session Victim's manager actually reached out to me and said, hey, uh, the guys want to do their album launch at Good Room on this day. It comes out on this day and they want to play at Good Room. I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the Session Victim boys so much. Um, they've become good friends over the years through working at Good Rooms. So, and you know, their style is very, it's, it's very love games, you know, because they take from all of these different areas and it is a big, like you have disco, you have house, you have hip hop, 
all these different things that come together and they just play like the funnest stuff to dance to every time. <laughs> Excellent. Now I, do, I, I, I have a, a few of their, their tunes and yeah, I, they're fantastic. Where are they, yeah. where are they from? They're German. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. They're in Berlin. Mm. Yeah. I, I Sorry. Oh, they're just massive music nerds. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're I, my kind of people. Well, I I, <laughs> I came across them um, maybe three, two, three years ago, I think, from the Mad Racket parties. Like, I yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, I noticed. I noticed uh, Simon uh, Caldwell had booked them. Um, yeah. The guys from you know Jimmy and stuff. They they had brought them out a couple of times, and uh, obviously, um, I always trust what those guys do. And yeah. so I was intrigued to learn more about them, and I was like, "Whoa, this this is super cool!" And yeah. ever since then, I've you know been uh, collecting some of their stuff. Yeah. Well, um, basically, I don't know if you know this, but Hawker, one of the guys, used to live in Sydney. Oh, okay. Uh, like around two two thousand six, two thousand seven, and oh, then right. that was how he first started going to Mad Racket. He also used oh. to work for he used to work for Future Classic back then as uh, well. What was his name? Hawker. Hawker, well, that yeah, well, that rings a bell. So, That's strangely. The first time he came to good to to New York to play at Good Room, we started talking, and obviously we had that big crossover. Right, the Aussie connection. Knowing all the Sydney people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Amazing. Yeah, it's it's it, it's uh, I think it, you know, it's it now especially you know you come across so many Aussies that. You find them everywhere. <laughs> oh, we are Aussie everywhere. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Aussies and or or Aussie connections uh, that, uh -huh. find, especially in the music world. Like, I, I I found there's so many Aussies in LA. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, there's heaps in New York too. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's right. You hear Aussie accents everywhere. You go. <laughs> I yep, I can I can say that for sure. I I heard so many <laughs> when I was there last year. Yeah. A lot of Melbourne Melbourneites. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, let's talk about disco. Okay. You, what do you want to do? <laughs> <laughs> you, you've, you've, uh, I, I, I mean, aside from the, the, the amazing sounds and the, what it does, but more, more about like, I guess the ethos and the, um, I guess the the free expression and mm -hmm. what it represents is yeah. this is this something that you have found a deep connection with because like like from from your love with disco and and like tell me yeah tell me the the fast you know your your connection with disco yeah well I. I guess I'll start from the start. <laughs> <laughs> I, the way that I discovered disco was at a picnic party in Sydney when Mike Simonetti was playing at Good God. And um, my friend took me. I mean, I was already into electronic music, but not disco music. I was very much into like the electro scene at that time with, you know, like the presets and cut copy and all that Australian wave of music. Cool. Um, so my friend is like, I'm going to take you to this club, Good God. I think you'll really like it. I'm like, okay, cool. So I go, and it turns out to be a picnic party. Mike Simonetti was playing, and I just, like, fell in love. And ever since that night, I've, you know, like, 
I've been a big believer in the idea that um, your life can change in one night on the dance floor. Like, yeah, <laughs> it, really, it, it really can. Um, so, yeah, that was how I first started. Like, that was the first disco party I went to. And then I started going to more picnic parties in Sydney. And, you know, whoever was touring, there was also the ha-ha parties, people mm. must jam parties. There was a few really good, like, there was a good warehouse scene in Sydney at mm. that time, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started going to all these parties, getting more into the music. Um, and then, you know, I started reading about the history through books like Love Saves the Day and Last Night a DJ Saved My Life. And, yeah, learning about it all, I think one thing that I... That's the, the Bill Brewster book, right? The, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, one thing that I really felt a connection with was the fact that... Um, when disco was first starting in New York in the in the seventies, um, you could go into a nightclub or a dance space, and you leave who you are at the door and become who you want to be. Because back then, for a lot of those guys in that scene, they were black, they were Latino, they were gay. They weren't accepted by the world at that time, but they could go to these nightclubs, take their shirts off. And, you know, have that expression who they want to be in the real world, you know? Mm. So I'm like getting goosebumps just thinking about that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that really struck a chord with me. You know, I love the idea that people can be who they really want to be because not everybody in life has the ability to do that, you know? Mm. Um, So the first trip I, I did I, when I came to New York in 2012, it was just on a holiday. I got quite lucky. A friend of mine from Sydney used to live in New York, and uh, there was a loft here when I was on. When I was here, there was a loft on when I was here, and um, he put me in touch with his friend who was a member, and I got to go. Wow! And I really, yeah, <laughs> um, I really got to see you know, all of this culture and um, things that I'd read so much about, you know, I Mm. got to see it in real life. And one of the things that I really love about The Loft and I still, I see it, like uh, luckily for me, I am a Loft member now. Um, Every Loft, there is one song every single time that comes on and the whole dance floor just gets it. Everybody is like having this moment under all of like the balloons and the disco ball and everybody is in that moment together. And it's just the most beautiful thing to me. It's like this shared experience. Yeah. And you know, the next day you'll be talking to your friend, you're like, Oh my God, remember when they played that song? And you're like, yes, that was the best song. You know. <laughs> I, and, and so that's all, that's something that I try to like, uh, take into my parties when I'm DJing is like, trying to create an environment where people a can be who they want to be and express themselves freely and have communal experiences in, at the loft you go in there you might have a few friends there or whatever but you could be dancing next to a stranger and this song comes on and you're having this experience together and then next minute like you're having a hug and next minute you're friends with them, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a really beautiful thing. Mm. No, I totally like connect with what you're experiencing, uh, what you're explaining. 
um, it it is um, there's something about just like that's the part of clubland that um, that's kept me involved in the music industry and kept me yeah. like it it's it's something that it makes me I, I I'm I'm now over 40 and and it I still feel like I'm 25 <laughs> you know and it's not it is a difference between being childlike and childish right so like and I think that's being childlike is is something that I want to be for the rest of my life <laughs> you know I have to say through going to parties like the loft and 718 sessions I've met people who are in their 70s and 80s who still come out dancing right on. dancing keeps you young it keeps you free-spirited it keeps you happy yeah. you know there's this one guy his name's David um, and I'm so happy every time I get to see him he um, he has told me all of these stories like he went to the first ever loft it was on his birthday like, <laughs> where do you meet these people? But, you know, he still comes to every single party and he still dances and he's 80 years old. Yeah, like, amazing. I've also seen, um, there's this one guy who comes, I'm not sure of his name, but he walks in with a walker, like, and then when he gets to the dance floor, he puts the walker to the side and dances, oh, you yeah. know? Amazing, like, amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it's really, you know, to see all these uh, older people who have like, been through it all over the years and they still love it just as much 50 years later as what they did in the 70s yeah yeah it it it, it keeps people um it gives that life doesn't it you know yeah I mean, gone sorry i was just gonna say i think it's also a sense of community yes especially for people as they get older you know you tend to become more of a homebody and lose connections with people the dance floor is giving them a reason to go out, a reason to meet new people, mm, you know, and exactly. have have these new experiences. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I was just gonna add that my like my I'm, I was blessed to have my like my folks. I learned a lot of that from my parents, and mm. they still dance. They still go out and dance now. Like they're That's amazing. I love yeah, that. and like dad's yeah. dad's seventy now, and mum's almost uh, you know late sixties, and they're like they're still partying. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. My parents, still, my parents still party too. I mean, they don't go out dancing, but my dad still loves like going to the pub on like a Sunday afternoon and seeing a blues band and yeah, stuff awesome. like that. Awesome. Yeah definitely like music is always been such a big part of my life and i feel very lucky yeah yeah um yeah there's something i wanted to add about that uh like you know in addition to um that sort of older culture of people sort of it'll i've lost my train of thought but anyway um um i, I could say something about it if you want i, I <laughs> Your experiences are the same, having grown up in Australia. Um, well, that's it. A that... bit older than mine, so maybe they didn't have this. But you know, I grew up hearing stories about Wollongong back in the day, yeah. and how every night of the week you used to go to a different venue. Like Monday night, you'd go to this place. Tuesday night, you go to this place. Around. Uh, on a weekly rotation. And they used to see in the 70s bands like In Excess and ACDC and Dragon 
for like a dollar at their local pub. <laughs> Amazing. My parents used to always say to me when I was growing up, they're like, I was definitely like into rock music when I was growing up. And they're like, Lauren, you were born in the wrong era. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there, I mean, there is that crossover, especially like, especially like punk rock and disco kind of like. Yeah, absolutely. Have this um, connection there and that mm. whole sort of post-punk as well. Um, yes. Yeah. I was just going to say, like, talking about connecting with people on the dance floor, I mean, that's how we, we met last year. Yeah. You are right? <laughs> yeah, 100%. We met in a park, in to a park. Di- dancing to disco. <laughs> And yeah. um, and what what was also great was that that crew that were putting on that party were part of like a collective of disco purveyors back then. They were another mm-hmm. crew. What were they called? Do you remember? No, I don't. Yeah, know. I, I mean, I know. So we we met as part of the dance parade and the float that I'm always involved in every year is the. Um, Oh goodness, our house? No, not our house. Uh, oh goodness, I can't even remember it right now. <laughs> but that that yeah. that crew in the park, they were in their fifties, yeah. like that. The yeah. guys DJing, and they were playing. You know, they weren't just playing like they were playing proper di- like disco, like yeah. proper disco and early anthems that, mm-hmm. but but rare stuff. You know, like you yeah. know, but yeah. the 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 um the, the real disco heads they were all the favorites you know like yeah and it, what, yeah. it wasn't your you know best of 80 you know 70s yeah. disco stuff this was like yeah. proper stuff and and that um yeah you could see that you could see that a lot of the people that came down for that dance session in the park yeah. were loyal fans of this crew and they yeah. they all knew each other you know, they all like it was. It was just beautiful. I, that was just an amazing day, and I, yeah. I, I'd been. Where was I during the day? I was at home. I was um, staying. I was staying in uh, in Brooklyn, and I thought, I want to go out and check this out. And and then I saw Nathan, <laughs> and I had seen him in ten years, and that's how, you know I saw you. <laughs> it was amazing, amazing. I know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. New York is kind of funny like that. You know. The way that you like run into people and you have these like serendipitous moments it's a very special city yeah and and even like the connections of the people that we know back back home in sydney as well yeah it's good it's crazy mm. yeah so tell me what else is coming up next for lauren morada and and goodroom what's what's happening um so i with goodroom it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next few months um Originally, we thought that Good Room would open in, like, clubs would reopen in phase four, which happened in, like, mid-July, but just with, like, a limited capacity, you know, Mm. but then they changed the rules, so places like nightclubs, movie theatres, shopping malls, anywhere that has, like, a big... Um, AC unit where the air is cycled around they haven't allowed to reopen um, so that was a bit of a blow I mean essentially we we have no idea when when things will reopen I don't think it'll be likely before the end of the year um, I saw mass in Massachusetts 
they announced they're not going to re- let nightclubs reopen until there's a vaccine. So mm. it's all, it's, it's kind of, yeah, hard to know. Hard to gauge. Everything is so questionable right now, you know, so we just have to wait it out and, and see. Um, so that's kind of good rooms future. We'll keep, we'll keep doing the live streams and everything like that. Yeah. Um, we're trying to do at least one a week. So. And, and uh, have you got some kind of like um, schedule or regularity with your own DJ mixes or it's just something that you just kind no, of like do when you. Just the things that can't, like when they come up, they come up, but I can yeah. tell you I'm on, well, let me get my calendar so I can get the dates right. <laughs> um, so on Friday, which is August 14, I'm doing the Love Stream, Love Games live stream. Oh, I love it. And we, where would people be able to see that? Um, so that would be on Twitch, on Goodroom's Twitch. Okay. So it's twitch, twitch.tv forward slash GoodroomBK. Um, next, and that's from 6 till 11 p.m. New York time. Um, and then... No, on, that would be six to eleven. That's five. That's that's like around. That's our morning on Saturday the fifteenth in Dubai. There you, go. you have a breakfast, breakfast rave. <laughs> that's it. Breakfast rave exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then on Tuesday the eighteenth, I'm doing a, a live stream with LNLNL Record Club for Future Classics Twitch. Okay. Awesome. Um, and then the last weekend of the month doing a live stream for the ultraviolet festival. Oh, cool. But That's right. I saw that. Yeah. Um, Meg got you on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm not sure what day that will be. Yet. I think that's, uh, from memory, the 27th and 28th of August yes. that, yes. We- that weekend. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. I mean, yeah. Cool. So that's, that's kind of it for the end of this month. And then it's just, it's everything comes up just month by month at this point. You can't really plan for DJ gigs that are really far in advance right now. Mm. Um, but yeah, and I mean, for me, myself personally, I would like to try and go back to Australia for a couple months, you know, at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm hoping to be there too. It's hard to, it's also hard to know what the situation is going to be. Mm. Um, you know, because while I'm, I'm not working here, I might as well be out, be in Australia, going to the beach every day, yeah. especially when it gets cold here. There's, there's so much concern right now about a second wave in the winter time. And mm. I, you know, doing quarantine one time for, you know, two, three months where you barely left your apartment was fine, but I don't know, to have to do that again in the middle of winter in New York, it's, it's, it looks pretty brutal. So, mm. but it's just. You know, it's hard to know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, really... I'm hoping to get to, to Oz around uh, around then to December for, for Chrissy mm. and New Year's. Yeah. yeah, I was hoping to go for like November, December, quarantine for two weeks at the start and then have around six weeks chilling. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Well, Lauren, it was so lovely to, to, to catch up and uh, touch base again, especially during yeah. these times and check in with you. We'll definitely yeah. have to stay in touch and hopefully we'll see each other in Sydney like we did uh, yeah, last absolutely. summer. Yeah. yeah. Where, 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 have you got any, um, uh, like what links uh, can people uh, find you, your mixes? Oh, and- so um, I have uh, all my, most of the mixes are on my SoundCloud, which is, 
soundcloud.com forward slash Lauren dash Murata. Murata spelled M-U-R-A-D-A. And then for any upcoming events that I'm doing, I post everything on my Instagram. Cool. So that's uh, at Lauren underscore Murata. And that's, yeah, M-U-R-A-D-A. Can I say that's a, such a cool name? <laughs> um, thank you. It's, it's pretty. It's pretty unique. I believe there's only around like 400 Marauders in the world. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, and it's such a disco you know, name, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's 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 it comes. It's, it has an Italian background. Okay. And my Italian friend, my friend in New York, is from Italy. When I told him my name is Italian, he's like, "Oh, so your name is Loren Murada." <laughs> Yeah, I need to introduce myself like that. Like that sounds so much sexier. Like, yeah. And and you know you could tie it in with the whole Italo disco scene and exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Lauren. Um, Thank you for having me. My absolute pleasure. Uh, okay, so. Um, to find out more about Electronic Music Man, head to jameslocksmith.net. You can find us on all the uh, the usual platforms, of course, and sign up to the newsletter. I also love to get reviews and, and feedback from you. And, of course, if you have any questions about um, dance music, you want to learn more about um, how to do things in the music industry, um, even with mental health, um, I can help you and uh, point you in the right direction as well. Um, that's it. JamesLocksmith.net. You can um, join the newsletter there. And uh, Lauren, thank you so much. You're welcome. All righty. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.